Hello, neighbor. Welcome back to Mojave Memories. Stories and essays written by Annalise Cooper. Music and editing done by Cattell Byers. We're glad you joined us here in North Joshua Tree on Copper Mountain Mesa. But before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsor. This podcast was created using the Anchor app. Anchor is a free podcast platform that allows anyone to record their own podcast free of charge. So even if you're not an audio engineer, this free and easy to use app makes it simple. The Anchor app even distributes your podcast for you for free. So go to anchor.fm and download the app today to get started for free. Hi, it's Annalise, and I'm getting ready to read you our latest story. So this story is called Desert Education, and I continue to read out of my book, Memory Dam. Annalise, my 14-year-old Cody whispered, gently shaking my shoulder. Annalise, it's 5.45. Groaning, I rolled onto my back. Okay, I said, put the kettle on, would you please? I lay still for a moment, aware of the dawn-streaked sky outside and the sounds of stirring birds. I reached out to my right, touching the warm sleeping body of my husband, Jim. Judging by his even breathing, I was driving to the school bus this morning. Slowly, I got out of my nest and put three layers of clothing on. It was going to be a cold drive. I made a big fire in our wood-burning stove and then made coffee and tea. The children scurried around preparing for school, then came into the warm kitchen for breakfast. Don't be so loud, I warned in a low voice. I don't want Eric to wake up yet. He's a monster when he doesn't get enough sleep. My nine-year-old biological son was hopefully sleeping peacefully in the boy's bedroom. I didn't have to drive him to the bus for another two hours and the extra sleep made all the difference to his day and mine. It's ten past six, announced Cody. We'd better go. Do you have everything for school, Cody? Don't forget your note, I called back over my shoulder as I walked out the front door into the freezing dawn air. Our trusty old station wagon started right away and I let the engine warm up before backing out. There was ice on the windshield, so I had to hang out of the window to see where I was going. As we bumped down the dirt road through the wash, the windshield finally cleared enough for me to see. Living out in the middle of nowhere, our view was panoramic. The sky was streaked with orange, pink, purple, and green clouds along the eastern horizon. It had rained heavily a few days before, and muddy puddles still dotted the badly corrugated road. The creosote bushes flashed diamond dewdrops off their army green leaves and yellow flowers still clung to the mother plants despite the cold. As the car rattled along, we were cloaked in sleepy silence, grateful that the old heater was finally starting to kick out some warmth. Mary, who was riding shotgun, suddenly bolted upright. Look out, she yelled, there's a coyote. Ooh, and another one. I slowed the car to a halt, and we watched the two coyotes dance across the road, their thick, beautiful coats reflecting the colors of the sunrise. The smaller female stopped and looked straight at us. She appeared to be smiling, and we smiled back, 
delighted that she'd validated our humble presence in her desert. Then she ran to catch up with her mate and soon we could no longer see them. Wow, weren't they beautiful, cried Mary, her brown Apache eyes flashing with excitement. Man, that was so cool. Yeah, agreed Cody from the back seat. They'll probably have babies in the spring, right, Annalise? Yep, I said as the car bumped on down the road. Most likely. They look like a healthy couple, that's for sure. We eagerly searched the desert landscape for signs of wildlife. But apart from five ravens flying high overhead, we didn't see any other critters. Soon we pulled into the bus stop and parked the car, leaving the engine running so the heater could continue to warm us. The back door opened as Randy and Scotty, neighborhood children, clambered in out of the cold. This was a morning ritual. We all sat quietly huddled in our jackets until the high school and junior high buses arrived. Mary hugged me tight, then stepped back so Cody could hug me too. They each ran off to their bus and I waved at the drivers before easing the car back down the road. I always enjoyed the solitary drive home. Time to think my thoughts and feel my feelings without being interrupted. The first rays of the rising sun popped over the mountains as I rounded the curve into my driveway. The dogs howled and wagged as I got out of the car and three cats scampered out to welcome me home. Candy the horse whinnied frantically trying to con me into feeding her early. Hi Candy, I called out. All right, all right, I know you're starving. I'm coming, hold on. I filled her pan with goodies and walked out to the corral singing loudly. She pranced around snorting for a moment before coming over to say hello. I followed her into the barn and put down her food, which she munched on contentedly. Walking back up to the house, I breathed deeply, feeling very happy. I played with the dogs for a while, then went inside. The fire crackled brightly and the house felt warm and comfortable. Jim and Eric were still asleep, so I sat quietly wondering what today would bring me. I felt grateful for being allowed to live in this harsh, relentlessly truthful, achingly beautiful desert these last few years. As I had breathed the clean air, walked the sandy washes barefoot and been caressed by the hot dry wind and pelted by the warm summer thunderstorms, I had been healed from severe burnout, a crippling skin disease and a broken heart. I realized that I had slowly become a whole new person since moving to this remote classroom in the high desert. I had grown into the kind of woman who knows who she is, what she wants, and where she belongs. A desert woman. So, Annalise, I have some questions about owning a horse out here. Oh, yes. Um, how long did you own your horse? Well, um... She came to live with us in 1994. And how did she come to live with you? If she was a rescue. <laughs> Duh. Okay. <laughs> she belonged to an old lady who lived over on Winters, and um, she just looked terribly neglected and thin, and she limped, and she just and I just stopped by one day and asked what was going on, and she had a crippled foot that would never heal, and. 
the lady couldn't keep any weight on her, which was because she needed to have her teeth floated. Anyway, I persuaded the lady that she would sell me the horse, Candy. Candy Apple Red was her name, and she was an Appaloosa mare. Ooh. Um, I know, and just beautiful and so sweet. And so I persuaded the lady to sell her to me for $400, and I paid $20 a month. Remember, I was on, like, welfare and food yeah, stamps. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been wanting, I've been thinking about getting something like a, a mule or a donkey mm. or something. Uh, so if you could do it on a, so tell me more, tell me more about. Well, basically the day came when I decided I would walk her home and we didn't have a corral built yet or anything. And, um, so I walked her around the yard while the corral and the barn were sort of built. And, um, she just, she just loved being with us. She just wanted to be part of the family. She would have slept in the house if we let her and, um, she used to run around free at night and we used to like sleeping outside at night and many, many, many nights I remember waking up and looking up and there was her head over our bed with the moon in the background. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, how much does it cost to feed a horse? Well, this was in the early aughts. Uh, the, a bale of hay would cost about $15 and it would last about a week. Okay. And then we we had our teeth floated and then we would... What does that mean? The, well, the back teeth grow. They keep growing like rats. They just mm -hmm. keep growing and growing. And at a certain moment, it's they, the teeth start growing in the upper into the upper jaw. Oh. And, it, and so she d didn't dare chew properly. So her food wasn't being chewed and it would just pass through and she wouldn't be absorbing the nutrients. So we had her teeth floated. And then we were feeding her what's called sweet feed, which is grain with molasses and stuff like that. And uh, she got all fat and sassy and soft. And she was so, I'll have to show you some photographs. So you had some experience with horses because of your life in yes. Africa. My, as a Kenya cowgirl, um, my mother wanted me to go to ballet lessons when I was about six. And I would take that money and hitch a ride with my friend Brenda and we would go horseback riding. Mm -hmm. yes. And so you had probably were around stables a Always. lot. Always. Yeah. They yeah. were my love. I, I, I absolutely adore horses. Horses and dogs, I think, if I had mm -hmm. to choose. Yeah. Yeah, so it was just a dream come true. Uh, now this is going to be very morbid, but what do you do with a horse when it dies? Well, you grab some friends and you grab some shovels and you start digging. And you dig and you dig and you dig and you dig. And then... So Candy Apple is buried Candy in your yard? Yeah, she's buried in our yard. Um, not with any ceremony or anything. We figured we'd grow carrots on top of her because she always loved carrots. <laughs> but so she's the fertilizer in yeah, your garden. That there's your no like headstone garden. or anything. Yeah, just the carrot patch. And it is morbid because there's this enormous animal. I know. know. Well, I mean, I remember helping a friend. She had a big dog, big like a sheep herding dog. You know, one of those Bernard like, or Bernard. something. Bernard. Yeah. And I remember having to come and help her pick that dog up and put it in the car. And I was thinking, what the hell do you do with a horse if right. it dies? Well, I think most people would probably take it to the vet and, or, you know, have the vet come and pick it up and have yeah. it cremated or something. Yeah. But as poor people, you just dig a big hole. <laughs> probably illegal. but Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Don't tell anyone where we live. We got dogs and horses and snakes and cats buried all over the place. <laughs> oh.
All right, we're good. Sand and sunshine, neighbors. Stay well.